Hello, everyone. It's Michelle with the Twin Flame Warriors. Welcome to the sixth installment in our podcast series, Portrait of a Twin Flame. This is part two of a four-part series. Today's portrait subject is Suzanne. Please note that this is a continuation of last week's initial episode in the series. We're trying something new by breaking our hour or more long interviews into bite-sized listening chunks. Please let us know what you think of the new format, or if you want to be a guest on our next podcast. Our email is podcast at twinflamewarriors.com. Before we begin, we want you to know that we offer coaching, mentoring, past life regression, card reading, and other services that could benefit you on your journey. Check out our menu of services today at twinflamewarriors.as.me. That's twinflamewarriors.as.me. Now, without further ado, I give you Portrait of a Twin Flame, Suzanne, Part 2. This triggered the start of my awakening. For the first time in, in my life, I could feel my soul. So that was the start of it. Well, how did you recognize that? What did you feel? Tell us about that. So the first the first night, this happened on February 22nd, 2021, which is a saint because of, you know, 222. 222. And that's the day we released our second book. That's hilarious. Yeah, 222. <laughs> awesome. So what happened? So the first night I could just feel this light bulb and I could feel my soul for, for the first time ever. I was in a lot of pain when, when that happened because all I could think about all day was, was our conversation. And I had actually messaged him later on in the day and I was mad at him. And I was like, of course, I just like you as a friend. I've been married for 16 or 15 years or whatever at the time. And like I, I was really upset and defensive with him. And then he just replied me too, and he changed the subject. So that even made me more upset with myself and with everything that was going on. And I didn't understand what was going on. And I was just really hurt. And so I could feel this light bulb go off in my soul and I could feel it for the first time. And then the very next night, I was still in a lot of pain. Like, I don't think I got out of bed all day. I just stayed in bed the next night. I felt my whole insides, it just felt like it spilled out onto my bed. I could see and feel, I actually could see uh, like his soul merging with my soul. It became really painful and it felt like there was this darkness. I don't know if it felt like a dark hand or just this dark pressure, but it was dark and it was just pressing against my soul and it was really painful and really scary. I just started to confess my love for my twin. I just started to say, I love you. Please, please don't hurt me because it felt like it was his soul that was merging with my soul. But then this darkness overcame our souls. And so I was just saying, you know, I love you. Please, please don't do this to me. Don't hurt me. I, I love you more than anything. And so that was the first time I had ever admitted that I, I did love him. At this point, had you looked up anything or was this all just you were still going on this relationship with no outside understanding? Actually, so in December, when I started obsessing, I started to look up on the internet. I was trying to figure out our connection and what he was to me. And I couldn't find anything because all I was reading about was soulmates. Nothing seemed to really make sense. But then one day, I was probably still in December, I came across an article about twin flames. So I read the article it just seemed to answer all my questions. And it was just like, that's what he is to me. And I did this little uh, survey. It was like, are you a twin flame? So I did the survey and everything I could click, it was yes to everything except for the part about the spiritual awakening because I hadn't had a, a spiritual awakening yet. Mm -hmm. But everything 
else um, seemed to make sense, like the intense emotions and also being able to read their emotions. Like a lot of times when I'd be at work, I would just look at him and I would know he was happy or sad or what he was feeling at the time. So that was in December when you looked it up. That was in December that right. when it was during, during the obsession, when I didn't stop thinking about him. It seemed to make sense. So then I realized that that's what he must be to me. He must be my twin flame. However, um, even saying that now, like I didn't really understand what, what a twin flame was, even after reading that article, because there's so much information about out there about twin flames. And you learn the label and you think, oh, I know what this is. And then you go deeper into it and you're like, oh my God, I had no idea that it was this deep and this pervasive. It just is the utter essence of what we are, right? It is our soul. You're right. Like you, you really have no idea. Like you can read about it, but unless it happens to you, you have no idea. So then in February is when the, the dream happened, the soul merge dream. And then the dream of you going to his wife, the interaction with his wife, right? So that was a couple of months later. Yes. So yeah. this, the soul merging wasn't a dream. I was just lying in bed and, and this happened to me. I was awake. I wasn't mm-hmm. sleeping. Um, when that happened after this, I've experienced other awakenings as well. Like I had my Kundalini awakening. I could feel like his body felt like it was inside of, of me. Like I could feel him in my chest lying like really heavily in my chest and sometimes curled in my stomach. I felt sexual energy with this as well. I had my chakra awakening where I could feel all my uh, chakras awaken. So I could feel like from the top of my head, from my crown chakra, like a light in my crown chakra to my third eye, all the way down through my seven chakras, this light awakening all all my chakras. Mm -hmm. Um, The painful one was my throat chakra. Like when my light um, reached my throat, it felt really painful. Like it was really hard to breathe. When I started ascending, I could feel like pulling from my chest. So it felt like my soul was outside of my body. And the first time that I experienced ascending, I ended up falling asleep. And then I had a dream that I woke up in his bed. I've never been in his house before, but I could describe his upstairs. I woke up in his in his bed and I was alone. I was only wearing a t-shirt and underwear. I just got up and it was dark in his bedroom, but I walked through a hall and then I had to go through his living room and then I had to turn left and I walked into his kitchen and I was by myself, but then he came upstairs from the basement. He walked up the stairs and he was really surprised to see me and he said, what are you doing here? And I said, I can't find my pants. And (laughs) he came over and he gave me a hug and he said, it's okay. And then I woke up. This dream also came true in a way because when we were talking, like at this point, we weren't talking anymore through Messenger. But when we were talking, um, he kept telling me to listen to like, he's like, oh, I like country. You should listen to this country radio station. Well, I don't normally listen to country. I'm more listen to pop. But I was like, okay. But this one day after after the dream, I was like, oh, I'm just going to switch it to this country radio station. He keeps telling me to listen to. So this song came on I'd never heard before, and it's called Forever After All by Luke Combs. In the lyrics, it said, just a t-shirt in the kitchen with no makeup and a million other things that I could look at my whole life. A love like that makes a man have second thoughts. Maybe some things last forever after all. And so I heard the lyrics and I thought that was my dream. 
It was absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, all the dreams that I've had have come true uh, that have to do with him in some way or form. That was pretty amazing. Can you give us a little bit of context for your marriage? You, you're married. He's married. You've been married for 15, 17 years at this point. What was going on in your relationship? Did that dovetail into any of this? Even before I realized that I was a twin and all this was going on, I started to realize that I didn't necessarily like the way I was being treated in my marriage. There's a lot of controlling aspect in my marriage, just with finances, because we share our money. You know, I always felt like it was one-sided, like it was always up to my husband what we were going to do with our money. Or I felt like we were missing a connection before I felt like I was living on autopilot. I run a daycare, so I would just get up in the morning and do my work. And then I would go do my fundraising job and I would run the girls back and forth to dance and just living my life in autopilot. Meeting this other man made me realize all the things that were missing from my life and weren't really working um, in my marriage. It really wasn't a huge eye opener to me. I remember that moment when I was like, this is a life that I chose on autopilot trying to do what everybody else said you're supposed to do to be happy. This was my experience. And it was like, I thought as I was doing each of those steps, okay, this is another step toward making me happy. This is another step toward making me happy. But then pretty soon it became that wake up, shampoo, rinse, repeat. And I was miserable and I didn't even realize it. And yet I was still saying to myself, I have everything that everybody says you should have. This is the happy life that everybody has. I'd bricked myself into this thing thinking I was doing the right thing, but it turned out my soul was being starved inside of there for all those years. But it was, it had to happen, right? I had to do all that in order to be able to have this realization. I mean, you, the same thing. We thought we were doing the right thing, right? We thought we were doing what we wanted to, but we really weren't. (laughs) We didn't know ourselves well enough to choose what we really wanted. No, you're right, Michelle. Like you don't, you just, you just think that, oh, what everyone else has, that's what I need to work towards. You know, the house, the neighborhood, make sure your kids go to the right school make sure they're in all these activities and, you know, just, just work, 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 work. But it's just like a scapegoat. You're not happy and just to get out, try to get away from it and learning to love yourself. And right. what is my purpose here on, on this earth? What am I supposed to be doing? with my time. Talk to us about when you did sit down with your twin flame and and really have a face to face and connect with him. He had asked me if I had ever watched The Masked Dancer. And this was when we were still talking to each other. Um, And I said, no, I hadn't, but I would because my girls are both in dance. So and he knew that. So that's why he asked me. So we started watching it and it just gave me an excuse. I would message him once a week and say, oh, so-and-so is still contestant is still on the show. Um, And when it got down to about the last five contestants, he asked me, who did I think would win? And I said, well, either Cotton Candy or the Tulip would win. And he said, if the Tulip wins, or I will buy you a coffee. And if Cotton Candy wins, or you will buy me a coffee. And he said, okay. And I said, okay. Cotton Candy ended up winning. So we met for coffee. It was March 14th, 2021. So I manifested how I would see him. I kept thinking about it in my mind, like, how are we going to meet or how am I going to see him? Because I hadn't seen him since the end of November. It was exactly what I thought would happen. He was just standing outside, leaning against his car. And I walked over to him and he gave me a really big hug. And we just hugged each other. Was that your first hug? 
Yes, our first hug. That's the first time we actually ever really touched each other. It was beautiful. Then we just went in and had coffee and we didn't talk about much. Um, We just talked about, you know, our families and stuff. And it wasn't really that long. It was just like about 45 minutes. Then when we left, he said it was really nice to see you. He, He said it about three or four times as we were walking out. He just kept saying, it's re- it was really nice to see you. It was really nice to see you. And he put his arm around me. And then when we said goodbye, I just he just had his arm around me. And I just leaned my head into his shoulder. And I told him it was really nice to see him too. And then we just left. This must have been after the conversation with his wife? Was this after or before? It was the- after the conversation. So the conversation happened in February and Got then it. in March. So it was after. So we were still talking to each other. I was really careful to to keep to, you know, the boundaries he had set of what we could and couldn't talk about. How did you overcome your anger and hurt from the boundaries that he put up at his wife's behest? Because you said you were very angry and hurt after that. You had a lot of emotions and that was a month ago. So what happened in that month between that got you back to comfort Um, with? I was really hurt, Michelle, and I went through like a really dark period and I went through D-Knot's Dark Night of the Soul. I was in a lot of pain and I could barely get out of bed most days. And I was fortunate enough that it was during COVID and my daycare happened to be closed during the time. So I wasn't working at all. So it did give me a chance to to rest and to just kind of be by myself. It was a very painful, dark place for me. I, I guess then in a way I was chasing him because I couldn't stop. Like I thought I'm not messaging him anymore, but I, I couldn't stop messaging him. And I think I was really just looking to him. I thought he could heal my pain. I thought I was putting all this stuff onto him. Like I thought, if only I could talk to him, he can make it better. He can make my pain go away. So I kept messaging him. Even after that confrontation with his wife, I just couldn't stop. That was the twin flame mirror keeping you two in contact, even through the dark night of the soul, because what you mistakenly thought was that he could heal you, but really it was you who needed to heal you. It was a really hard time for me. Like I said, I just kept messaging him anyway. We had switched roles because when my work was open, he was chasing me. And then now that work was closed, I was chasing him. So then after our coffee, he said that he wanted to have coffee again sometime, which was great. But then everything, even where we went for coffee, like COVID got worse. And so all the restaurants, everything shut down. So now nothing was open at all. I messaged him one day and I just said, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, just like normally what I would do. But he didn't message me back. I decided at that point I had to stop. I had to stop messaging him because I just kept putting myself out there. And it really hurt when he didn't message me back. And I thought, you know what? If he wants to talk to me, he can message me, which he didn't end up messaging me. And this ended up causing another four months separation between us. Thank you for joining us for the second in our four-part series, Portrait of a Twin Flame, Suzanne. Please tell your friends about our podcast. Share it on social. We love your support and good words. Want to know more about Justin's and my twin flame journey? Pick up our novella series. Just search Souls on Fire by Michelle White, wherever you get your paperbacks, ebooks, or audiobooks today.